la 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 all right i feel like babe <laughs> la 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 <laughs> i'm liz i'm missy and this <laughs> is balls a supernatural podcast <laughs> Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm gonna try my best not to sniffle at Liz, all. Liz is not feeling well. Yeah, I apologize. I um, I'm suffering from the head cold that's been going around. The head cold. The head cold. The infamous head cold. Um, I can't really hear out of my right ear. I sound really stuffy, and my voice is a little bit lower. So I'm gonna be sipping some emergency, and I'm gonna do my best to not be a mouth breather. You gonna do one nine hundred number commercials? Maybe. Hey boys. Hi boys. Wow, that sounds so bad. I'm do sorry. Get, do you get lonely at night? Oh, God. Um, this I'll can help you on that. I'll haunt your dreams. Uh, well, good, because this is a, a haunted Oh, that tastes podcast. awful. Oh, that tastes awful. Oh, emergency is the worst. I have never emergency. Oh, God, I should have probably just made water happen. There were bad decisions made. I just want to start off by saying uh-huh. that not only are we on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Google Play. Yeah. And Spotify. We are. But we just received an email this morning that says we have been accepted to iHeartRadio. I saw your email. How, How exciting. Cool is that? So you can really listen to us anywhere you listen to a podcast. Everywhere. That's so exciting. So share it with your friends. Yes. Get more people to listen. Because we are everywhere. I like to think we're fun. Well, yeah. And we're pretty easy on the ears. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. I was about to say e- easy listening, but I don't know if that's accurate. We're not really like the um. We're not smooth jazz, but what was that Saturday Night Live skit? Oh, which the delicious dish? Oh on my god, National I was th- Public Radio. Which one? Because I was comparing. Uh, I was doing coffee talk. No, I was definitely today. going with like sweaty balls. Oh, sweaty balls. Well, yeah. it is the holiday season. Get your sweaty balls. <laughs> That's another episode we'll do. <laughs> An SNL episode? Don't do that. Oh, I hit yes. that. I <gasps> wanted to, to also show you my nice notebook I have. Oh, that is so snazzy. I tweeted it the other yesterday. And oh, you, good. On Twitter, we are at Balls, balls. SPN Pod. Pod. Yes. Not to be confused with our Gmail account, which is SPN Balls Pod at gmail.com. You know, we should have worked on that continuity, but we're just, we're feeling that season one continuity right now. <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, I, I call this the uh, my eye of the tiger notebook. I love it. It is so 80s. It makes me happy. Got my notes. All right. Well, I'm going to need you to carry me oh for Lord. the last couple episodes. I watched them, but I was on some medicine. Okay, well, then I will start off with, I, this time it, when I did my notes, I kind of did a, um, like, the plot. Okay. Because I feel like we don't really go into that. No, we really don't. We really need to. Okay, so here's what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and launch into the plot so you all know what we're talking about. So in case you haven't watched the episode with us, you know what episode we're talking about. Yeah, not really dive into every single thing that actually happens, but just an overview of a what nice, the episode is about. Yeah, like a nice little flash. Like when you say bugs, you're not like, oh, which one? Yeah. Um, that kind of dealio. I yeah. like it. That's smart. You're the smart one. Um, I try. <laughs> I'm not the smart one all the time. I did want to start off with a, with a little trivia. Okay, yeah. Don't look at my answer. I can't see it. It's fine. Okay, so this episode we're going to talk about is episode six, which is skin. Skin. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can tell from the title that it's probably going to be about skin. A little grossy. Yeah. Josie grossy. Blech. 
So episode six, Skin, uh, Sam and Dean, oh, I guess I'm going to tell you what it's about. Sam and Dean hunt a shapeshifter that has framed Sam's college friend for murder. Well, his, his college friend's brother. Yes. Well, no, he was friends with Zach, too. Oh, was he friends with yeah. Zach? I thought he just knew Zach. No, they were. I think Look at us were, knowing names now. They were buddies. That's only because I wrote it down for the trivia question. Okay. Uh, so where were they headed when Sam gets the email that his college buddy, Zach Warren, got arrested? Where were they headed? Oh, shit. I just watched this episode, and I fucking heard Dean say it, and that they were going to be there within, like, half a day if they keep driving. Mm-hmm. And that where they were headed is, like, 400 miles back. Yep. Oh, shit. Where were they headed? Bisbee, Arizona. That's it. Is that where you went in Arizona? No, I was up by Phoenix. Okay. Like Cave Creek. Um, but Zach Baggins has been to Bisbee, Arizona. Oh, I am not surprised at all that <laughs> Zach Baggins has been to Bisbee, Arizona. I feel like Zach Baggins has been everywhere. I want to find... Somebody find me one place Zach Baggins has not been. I feel like that's going to be tough. I know. I want to know, though. Because and then I feel like somebody also then needs to tweet at Zach Baggins to send him there. Has Zach... No, well, I mean, they were in Newcastle. That's not really... Pittsburgh. No, but they've been to like Philadelphia and or surrounding areas. I think they went to Pennhurst. So you cross Pennsylvania off the list. Yeah, I just want to find some really Are random you place. A state? Like I don't know if he's ever been to Alaska. Ooh, I feel like that that Alaska's pretty haunted. But I want I want to send him to some random place cuz I'm sure he can find something haunted. Oh, probably. I thought this is like the, the opening to this one kind of threw me a little bit. Because it opens up um in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. With a girl who's like tied up in a chair. Like with she's been beaten. With and blood everywhere. Every, yes, everywhere. And there's always one handprint on the wall, I uh-huh. noticed, in every every like kind of murder torture scene in this episode. There is a big old bloody handprint drag on every wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, you need that, I guess. I mean, I, I guess. So then we see the SWAT team come in, and we see a guy who's about to jump out of a window, and they tell him to stop. And then he turns around, and who is it? It's Dean. I know. My first thought was, is Dean possessed? Yeah. No way he tortured that girl. I remember the first time that I saw this, my mouth dropped open. Like, what in the fuck is going to happen in this episode if Dean is trying to jump out of a window with, like, a bloody chick in a chair? And I was like, she has to be a demon or uh, something. Like, there's no way he would do that, but he seems so calm. and Right. Ugh, foreshadowing <sighs> later. Man. Yeah, that part got me. It threw me completely off. And, like, the worst part was it didn't... So, throughout this entire thing, the whole point of it is that you can tell a shapeshifter via its eyes. And at one point, it didn't... I don't think the opening showed his eyes switching. So, your first thought literally is, oh, my God, that's Dean. Right. Right. I wrote that down, too. It was another thing with the eyes. Remember you were talking about, like, the demon eyes? Yeah, and, and I have that as a comment. I was like, eyes! It's always in the eyes! Mm-hmm. So, that opened, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, supernatural. Yeah. And then it goes to, like, calm, whoosh. cool... Whoosh, um. <laughs> I'm sorry, my my bad special effects sounds. Then it goes to like natural, cool, calm, collected Sam and Dean yeah. talking about their trip and where they're mm-hmm. going to go. And that's when they talk about how far it's going to take them to get to Brisbane, Arizona. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Sam gets the email from Rebecca. Yes. That her, her brother, Zach, has been arrested and somehow in two places at the same time because that's a constant feat in this Yes. Entire episode is that there's in two places at the same time. Yeah, and at one point they thought it might be a doppelganger. Which is interesting because yeah. I feel like that's kind of the same thing. But uh, I like the fact that when Sam's answering Dean about answering emails from his college friends, Dean makes it sound like Sam's been out of college for forever. 
I know. When he's been answering like a the couple emails. months or something. Yeah. He's only been, he's like, yeah, man, I stay in touch with him. Like, oh, you talk to people you went to college with? Yeah. I left last week. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, Literally, we've been on this trip for three weeks now. I know they've been on the road and we're in the sixth episode and it takes a couple days to get from point A to point B, but like at the most, he's been out of college for maybe a handful of months. Yeah. But Dean makes it sound like forever. Dude, it's been 20 years. You still talk to these people? Yeah, God, why? You went to college? Who does that? <laughs> but uh, I like the fact that Dean is convinced because he definitely drove there because Rebecca's hot. Yes. That's the only reason. Well, he, he asked that explicitly. Asked, is yeah. she hot? And I doubt... I'm pretty sure that even if she wasn't, Sam would just be like, well, yeah, man. Yeah, to get him to go. He fucking U-turns like nobody's business and drives yeah. right there. I'm on it. Um, I also found it really interesting that when they show up, obviously, Zach's trial date's already set and all that stuff. I said, uh, time moves apparently very different in the supernatural world. It's pretty quick. Um, because ooh, somebody texted me and it drove me. But stop it. Um, we need to focus. <sighs> we got things to do here. Um. They make it sound like that night he was arrested for killing his girlfriend. And then they're immediately on trial and they're already talking about a, a plea deal. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've watched enough Oxygen <laughs> and uh, that kind of stuff and Law and Order SVU to know that that shit doesn't move that fast. No. It's not the next day you're going to trial and working on a plea deal, even if you are almost set in stone that is you. Yeah. Like, they got to look for a lot more stuff because, no offense, the prosecution isn't going to go to trial even if they have a pretty lockhard case they're going to try and find everything that they can use against the defendant yeah that's not how the justice system works um and then i thought it was really funny that uh obviously the whole thing about this is that sam lies to his friends and he's real quick to lie to rebecca becky. to help her oh little becky oh hey becky uh saying dean's a cop with Dean yeah. replying, uh, detective, actually, because cop's just not good enough. And where was he a detective out of? Oh, my God. I had that. Is it fucking Brisbee, Arizona? Brisbee, <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> well, I felt like that was really loud. That was, I'm sorry. Arizona. Arizona. We're all about the Arizona. And then Becky just straight up. So she's not okay about lying and going back to the crime scene, but she's completely okay with stealing the tape. Yeah. From her lawyer. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, um, yeah, we lied and we just definitely went into a sealed crime scene, but I also stole evidence and footage. But that's beside the point because Becky did it. Yeah. And it's fine because she needed the reassurance. Exactly. Um, but Sam's to not talk to her because obviously he's a liar and it doesn't matter if he's trying to help her. He's a horrible human being and she, he ruined everything for her and her brother. Oh. Rude, Sam. I did like though, um, when they were at her house in Sam wanted to talk to Dean and he's like, hey, Becky, can you go get us something to drink and, you know, maybe, maybe some, some sandwiches? sandwiches? And she's like, what do you think this is, a Hooters? And Dean was like, I, I wish. wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's such a man thing. But aren't they standing in the kitchen? I thought they were in the living room. Okay, maybe they they had just watched room. the video, oh, so that's I was right, assuming yeah. it was like on a TV. That's true. Um, and that's when uh, Sam notices it's the eyes. Yes. Which, hell on that, like fucking awesome eyes. I mean, To I see guess, the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a quick look. Because even then, Dean was like, well, maybe it's just a lens flare on the mm -hmm. camera. Sam's like, it's no lens, lens flare I've ever seen before. Nope. But then who gets the white eyes and the light as the, the car passes? Later. Yeah. Because we got to go through the uh, Asian businessman with his supermodel girlfriend. Oh, that guy. Because Zach is, Zach, quote, is sitting on a park bench writing in a notebook, one-handed, which 
I'm either jealous of or I think is a lie because I have to hold on to a notebook and write. Oh, especially I do if it's open the way that it was, unless yeah. it's a spiral bound notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know what he was writing down. Um, but they see the Asian businessman and uh, obviously steals his face. Yeah. And goes and beats his wife. Mm-hmm. Only to have the husband come home because obviously he didn't do his homework that much. Um, and she says, please don't hurt me anymore, which just shows how convincing this guy is. Right. Yeah, because wasn't, the wasn't the guy's meeting canceled or something? Mm-hmm. Something was changed, so he came home early. Yep. Um, again, with a handprint on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, they start kind of looking for things that the police might have missed. Um, because they don't really ever see Zach leave or, I mean, the Asian man gets taken out by the uh, the police. Right. Um, but that's when Sam notices the... Which, again, extra blood for, like, almost no reason. And that no one saw. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the blood smear on the pole. Uh-huh. How did you miss that? Especially, like, as a police officer and you're looking at crime scenes, aren't you going to cross the street or go behind the building? One would think that would happen. But, no, they just put up a couple of caution tapes in front of the one door, and that's fine. Eh. TV police work, I guess. Um, but in in the searching, what I was curious about is Sam's going through the trash or what looked to be possible recycling bins. Did he have gloves on? No, he. Well, I mean, he wasn't going through. He just like lifted up, looked oh. in, put it down, lifted up the next one, looked in, Still. and then he double takes in that trash. What? Like he looks in, looks in, goes to close it, close it, but then opens it again and then shuts it. So I'm like, mm, what did you see in there that you think might have been some evidence? Yeah, but wasn't. So that's when he kept walking. And then obviously they're trying to find things. He can't fly. He can't disappear. So where does he go? Mm-hmm. The sewer. That'd be cool if he could fly. That would be terrifying if it could <laughs> fly. Do you really <laughs> want a shapeshifter that can like, rah, like fly and take off and just well, I mean, if it's gonna shapeshift into like a pterodactyl, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be I, something to see. I think I think it needs to see something. I don't know. That's the only thing that made me curious in this episode is. Um, certain things either need some form of DNA or like clothing or something like that. This shapeshifter pretty much just like looks at you, downloads it to memory and creates a carbon copy by shedding its skin into you. Right. That's what I thought too. Normally it's like they would have to touch you or. Yeah. There's some form of like DNA extraction right. or. But this one, it just seems like he looks cause you never really see him and Dean interact. Yeah. He's advanced. Advanced um, placement. But then they go down to the sewer and they find the hair, uh, 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 which I was just like, so gross. And there's piles of hair and gooey skin and, and fingernails, because apparently when these <sighs> things shift, they oh. shed the skin and teeth and nails and oh, hair. and oh, ugh, ugh. That's so gross. Like, I mean, I get it. I mean, I've seen enough werewolf movies to see like them ripping the skin off. I mean, in the, ep- the end of Trick or Treat, uh, when the girls are shapeshifting into the werewolves, they're ripping their skin and throwing it down. But that still wasn't nearly as gross as this gooey pile of skin pi- in the oh. bottom of a sewer. What? Yuck. And that's when Sam and Dean kind of realize that they're dealing with a shapeshifter or a skinwalker or a werewolf. Which I thought a werewolf was slightly different than a shapeshifter. or I mean, I guess it's a form of a shapeshifter slash skinwalker. But werewolves right. can't like discern what they're going to turn into. They just kind of keep turning into the same human form that they had before they were a werewolf. Right. Um, so I thought that was interesting that they threw that in there. 
Um, but in that, we can find out what kills them. Ooh, I know, I know. What kills them? A silver bullet to the heart. Nailed it. So apparently a silver bullet to the heart can take out a shapeshifter, skinwalker, or a werewolf. Um, and I also found this interesting that not only can they download essentially a carbon copy of the outside of a person, but they also download the thoughts yes. and the memories, which I find also very interesting on how they're able to do that. Yeah, I don't understand the science behind it, but I also thought it was interesting that they could do that. Um, which we really don't see, but it makes it more believable, obviously, that uh, Emily let Zach in, the girlfriend. Okay. Uh, let Zach in, knowing it's Zach, wasn't acting very weird. Right. Um, again, though the wife letting the Asian businessman husband back in, I wish I knew his name, uh, let him in, and obviously enough to be convinced that it was him, and then obviously with Sam and Dean, but Sam noticed. Sam did notice. Sam noticed hard, and even... Uh, and how did he notice? Do you remember? No. Whenever Dean took the keys from Sam. Oh, he caught. With the arm that was hurt. Hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even Becky kind of knew. Becky. Becky was real physically like, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you. You're a horrible human being. Get the fuck out. Um, but I think that was really quick on because when he was talking to her about it and she said it was disgusting. Yeah. The shapeshifter took offense and automatically like pinned her that that's the next victim. Mm-hmm. So he obviously just become, became a huge asshole regardless. Yeah. Um, not normal asshole Dean. No, just like super asshole Dean. <laughs> I did like the fact that obviously once they get down to the sewer, well, obviously, um, Dean, Dean quote, uses the memories against Sam when they're tied up in the sewer, right? To try and hurt him. Can we talk about about the the the? I mean, we can try. Bleh. We'll use your words. I don't have any anymore. Okay. Uh, can we talk about how a shapeshifter Dean sheds Dean? <laughs> Which is gross, and I'll get back to the gross part, but then becomes Dean again. So is it just in his mind that he can do it more than one time? Or is it like upgrading? Like oh. when he first became Dean, he noticed he had some irregularities. And then when he noticed those irregularities, he shed again to become more accurate. That makes sense now that they think about it because that was after Sam... No, was that before Sam realized it was him? No, that was after. After, okay, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Because that was when he ran away to go after right. Becky. Right, okay. So let's get back to him shedding his, the ear on the floor. I was like, I was like, oh, hey, Dean's shirtless. Oh, yeah. hey, Dean's taking his skin off. Yeah. Okay, Ripping. we went from like hot to like, uh-uh, Mm-mm. mama don't want none of that. And just the way, like, contorting his body, oh and God. then there's an ear on the floor, Whoa. and... Oh, so gross. Nails. Oh. <laughs> you know, every time you keep saying that, it reminds me of, um, uh, what was the movie with Kevin Bacon where the girl was buried in the wall? Oh, my God. And they find the... They find her nail, mm-hmm. but, like, they show it, like, just breaking up. Oh, that's Ugh. so disgusting. Um, The nerd in me was really excited, though, when they were talking about downloading the memories. When Dean goes, and again, it's Dean. It's always Dean with like the nerdy references, but he plays off as like the cool boy. Yeah. Um, when he said the Vulcan mind meld. Yes. Because like, ooh, Star Trek. Yeah. And I like how Sam's like, I mean, I guess kind of. It's sure. Why not? Um, I did find out that in the scene, and I, if you have this as a really cool, um, did you know? I, I'm sorry. I, I don't believe I do. Okay. The scene where Sam fights Dean. 
mm-hmm. was actually mainly done by Jared Padalecki and Jensen Eccles. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I mean, there was cool. some like editing in there, but a majority of that fight scene was actually them doing the stunts themselves. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it was like one of the first ones that they actually did all of it. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, I think they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the first season, that was the first one where they actually, a majority of do- was done by the actors. I like that tidbit. Yeah, I found that interesting. And I thought it was a really decent fight scene. Go ahead. No, no, no. You. No, you look uh-uh. <laughs> no this, is, this is just uh, skinwalker information. Oh, no, go ahead. My, I'll, I'll do my tidbit after. Do you have any more thoughts on this episode? Uh, I just thought at the end, Dean shoots Dean. How meta. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also like the fact that he's like, what are you going to do? Call an APV on me? He's like, yeah. well, I mean, I kind of have to. Yeah. And then he gets mad because he's like, that's not even a good picture. And Sam's like, I mean, it'll do. He's like, it's good enough. And yeah, then they like turn, they walk away from the TV like someone's going to find you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times. Great oldies. Woohoo. Um, so I looked into some stuff on shapeshifters slash skinwalkers, and they have a tendency to find their um, origins in Navajo culture. So in Navajo culture, a skinwalker is actually a type of witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as animals. Um, so that's one thing where Supernatural definitely deviated in that they can take the form of people. Because in normal uh, legends, they just take the form of animals. Um, but they do have the ability to possess people. Now, they're called the, and I apologize if this is, but I'm going to do my best to pronounce this, called Yi Nalushi, um, which means with it, he goes on all fours. Okay. Um, that's what they're called in the Navajo culture. Now, one of the several types of Navajo witches, um, this one is actually considered the most dangerous. And in order to become a skinwalker, that person must be initiated by a secret society, which usually requires the killing of a close family member, and it's usually ending up being a sibling. Oh, man. So in order to become initiated, you have to kill a family member. And like I said, most times it's usually a brother or a sister. Well, that's not good. It's not nice. No. And I, I don't know how they, like, really prove that, if they, like, bring the body into the secret society or, like, drag the, the sibling or family member in and obviously sacrifice them. There, yeah. That's pretty messed up, though, if you want to be in something so bad that you'll kill your brother. I mean, there are people who kill for money. Oh, true. In this one, you get a bunch of powers. I guess I'm just not in that mindset. My brother's um, probably happy about that, too. Pro- I'm not about to go sacrificing my brother, but, I mean, like, the ability yeah. to turn into an owl might be cool. I mean, ex-husband maybe, but definitely not my brother. Mm, yeah, it's got to, I think, actually be a family member. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're usually seen as coyotes, wolves, foxes, dogs, bears, or cougars. Ooh, cougar. But they can sometimes come across as owls or falcons. Ooh. Um, so they can fly. They'd sweep down and get you. Sweep mm. down. They'd swoop, swoop down, down and get you. <laughs> Do the swoop to swoop. Um, and they usually end up wearing the skin of the animals they turn into. So obviously if they turn into a bear, they'll have bear skin. Or um, in most cultures, they're not fully, like they're not out to kill cougars and wear cougars. But it's kind of a sign that if we're, they're wearing something that most people aren't, they might be a skinwalker. Won't kill the cougar to wear the cougar, but they'll kill the brother to, to, get, kill, to kill, get into the society to become yeah. a skinwalker. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so they actually get the ability to not only turn into these animals and turn back into humans um they might actually be able to run incredibly long distances um and it's recorded that they could possibly run over 200 miles in one evening oh my god 
Um, so they could like kill in this place and be completely across the country by morning. Yeah. And you wouldn't know. Um, and according to some legends, you can actually kill a skinwalker if you call them by their human name. Ooh. So no silver bullets needed. Wow. I know. Like, hey, Hey, Marvin. Pam. Yeah. Uh, I oh, see dead. I see your wolf over there. Um, you missed our potluck. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to bring the buffalo chicken dip. Pam. Oh, oh no, no, she's dead. Okay, oh, cool. Bye, bye, Pam. Um, they have the ability to possess their victims simply by locking eyes. Ooh. So maybe that's where they get the ability to take the human form and supernatural. Um, that way they're able to control people's thoughts, um, cause illness or disease, or simply cause paralysis. Um, and the somewhat similarity between uh, the legend of the shapeshifter skinwalker is that um, to the supernatural skinwalker is that when lights are shined on their eyes, they glow red. Whereas in supernatural, they glow that like silvery white. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was an aesthetic change that they decided to do based on the legend because red's not exactly something extremely noticeable. Right. Um, and white obviously turns into a silver, which can catch the eye. No pun intended. <laughs> Slightly. Totally intended. Totally intended. But that's pretty much the legend in the Navajo culture of the skinwalker. I couldn't find really, I didn't decide to focus really on the werewolves. Yeah. Because obviously we kind of deal with that later on in Supernatural. So right. I figured we'll save that one. Um, and two, I feel like there's a bigger difference. The only similarity is like killing with a silver bullet. Yeah. Um, whereas shapeshifter skinwalkers can take the form of whatever they really want. Yeah. Essentially. What I am curious about though is... Can they obviously take the download the thoughts, download the looks, download the skin, hair, all that fun stuff, nails? Um, can they get the DNA? Like if a skinwalker were cut, oh, would it just be a random piece of DNA, or would it be like if Dean was shot by a police officer, would yeah. it be Dean's DNA? What about fingerprints too? That's what I'm fingerprints. I think they might be able to do maybe, but. The DNA, I feel like, would be difficult. Yeah, because when you kept saying about the handprint, I was like, I wonder if the handprint on the wall, the Skinwalker handprint, mm -hmm. obviously, would be the same as the, you know, businessman or Zach or. Um, but I got I got that mainly from LegendsOfAmerica.com and ThoughtCatalog.com. They had a very similar things. Um, one just had fourteen things that are terrifying of Skinwalkers, which is pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, and the other was more about the Navajo culture. Of a skinwalker. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Um, did you know that shapeshifters are used 12 times throughout the entire Supernatural series? I didn't know it was that much, but I felt like it was a decent amount because they kind of essentially show up once every season. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, 12 times. Well, I mean, you're on 15 seasons now. Yeah. You got to somehow use the same things. Stuff I mean, comes certain, back around. Certain seasons are dedicated to like... The demons right. and certain seasons are dedicated to leviathans and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it makes sense, but you got to get these filler episodes and why not use something that you really don't have to continuously explain? Yeah. My eye roll at the leviathan season. Mm -hmm. But I do like the fact that they do that too. I mean, they obviously touch on it sometimes uh, to get anyone who's not necessarily watching all of Supernatural in. Right. Um, but us OGs. Uh, no, <laughs> um, no. God, my laugh sounds horrible now that I'm sick. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, 
I thought it was a really good episode. I thought they were pretty good at explaining what a shapeshifter skinwalker was, how to kill it and make it seem realistic, and the dangers of skinwalkers. Yes. Um, I just think the supernatural time frame is a little wonky. Yeah, you'll have that. They need to speed things up. Which I get. I mean, it's only if you're really paying attention to you're like, hmm, wasn't Sam just in college? Yeah. And, like, wasn't that kid just arrested? But, like. Yeah, like 12 hours ago. Anyway. I would, digress. Would you like to move on? Yes, let's move on to episode eight oh, or seven. Seven. <laughs> I almost skipped one of my I'm like, episodes. are we skipping? No, 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 no. So episode seven, The Hook Man. <sighs> um, and this takes place in eastern Iowa. I wrote eek, urban legends. I know. And this is an urban legend that I actually grew up with, sort of. Because um, I used to read, like, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, I yeah. used to read, like, all the, like, campfire stories mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And there's numerous versions of this story. Well, this, this episode of Supernatural actually encompasses three urban legends. Ooh. I don't know if I got all of them, none of them, or... You're welcome for that tidbit. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I started looking at some of the urban legends, and uh, I didn't realize there were so many, but... I kind of knew about all of them. Yeah. With some uh, some deep-rooted and actual reality, mm-hmm. which is interesting, with good moral compasses. Yes. So what was your first thought on this episode? Uh, I liked it. <laughs> I did, too. I don't know. I didn't really... Like, I, I wrote in my notes, but I really liked the movie Urban Legends. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know... I like things where they... They go through stuff. So, like, I liked the movie Urban Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. where they go through all the monsters. Yeah. I liked Trick or Treat, where they go through all of the things you're supposed to do on Halloween, and if you deviate from them, what happens. Yeah. I like those kinds of movies. So, obviously, when we get into Urban Legends that have some basis in reality, I really like it. Yeah. And, obviously, they, were, they found a way to kind of tie this in and still make it believable and tie it back to the other episodes, because this is, again, a vengeful spirit right um that does what we did when we talked about vengeful spirits and that it um kind of attaches itself and takes out revenge on things it sees as good right things to take revenge on or to protect well so this episode it's sam and dean investigate a series of supernatural deaths that appear to be morally driven yep Uh, my first thought was like why does it always have to be sexy when it comes to sororities yeah, I, was, I don't know. And that girl didn't even want to wear that hoochie no, mama top. Like, and it wasn't that hoochie mama, but the other girls, and I don't know, it all just seemed real cheesy and corny to me because she's like, um, you, is it too Martha Stewart? No, you're wearing a button down. You look professional. You're supposed to be a young professional in college. Yeah. And I get the sorority's like, oh my God. And fraternity's like, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> if you're in one, I mean, no offense. I was not. And uh, I have cousins in sororities. But all the movies portray them as such. And they're all party places and everyone just wants to sleep with everybody and everybody just wants to get drunk and have yeah. fun and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the like the don't do anything I wouldn't do. That's okay, not slut. much. <laughs> You're not wrong. I was thinking though about her top. Because it's like a like a little lacy halter top. Yeah. And I was like, God, people really wore that and I was like, Oh shit. I actually wore that. <laughs> Say, did you wear that? I was like, this is from 2005. So, yeah, I probably it was, had that outfit. Even the music was I like, know. I don't know. It reminded me so much of um, like the early 2000 movies. Yeah. I was just seeing Seth Green 
Yeah. And uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, but that what was like was my. That? What was that movie? Can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I could think of when I first saw the beginning. Him and of the this. girl in the bathroom. Yes. Oh my god, he had those like headphones. No, he had um goggles. Oh my god, on he had the goggles. Yeah, that's right. And he had the blue hair. And oh lord. Okay. Hey, memory lane. Um, and then my first thought also was then who goes on a date and parks under a bridge, besides Dean's mom and dad in their younger days. <laughs> that guy. Because that looks very similar to the place later on when we see young. Uh, Mary and John. Yeah. When that all goes down. Ooh. Can't um, tell you about that <laughs> yet. Not yet, but you probably have seen it. And if you haven't, you should watch it. Um, but th- that was my first thought. And then as soon as my first thought hit, I was like, oh, wait. Sam and Dean's parents did the same thing in what looks like the same area. Mm-hmm. Oh, tidbit. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the college she supposedly attends, Eastern Iowa University, is a fictional school? No, it sounded very real. It did sound very real, and I thought it was until I found a little note that said, Not real. All right, well, not applying to that one. (laughs) Check it off the list. Um, I did have, and here is your moral compass of this episode. Consent. No means no, and if she says no, don't pressure her. Exactly. Or vice versa. If a boy says no, don't pressure him. The whole point is consent. Correct. Um, because she's like, no, also really a preacher's daughter. Mm. It's always it's always the hot one, the one under wraps. She's so sexy. All the boys want her, but she's the preacher's daughter. Oh, I mean, even Toby Keith wanted her. Well, we find out that the preacher isn't so pure. So nope. Mm-mm. And the fraternity boys are also just so cookie cutter. Like over the top, over like the top cookie cutter, stereotypical. Like, like, bro, what's going on, bro? Yeah, hey, bro, I see you, bro. Oh, I just touched the microphone again. Oh god, oh, would you stop bitch. kissing it? <laughs> no means no. Um, it didn't ask me. <laughs> you didn't ask it. Um, it means to. I also found it interesting that apparently it's like super easy to get into a frat house. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just your fraternity brothers from Ohio in Iowa. Because sure doesn't do that. Um, and not part of Rush or anything. No jacket, no like symbols, yeah. no nothing. You don't just have your letters on. Uh, we, uh, we're just your frat bros from Ohio, just here for fun, I guess. <laughs> and then I have that when they go into church, because that's obviously when they find out that she's the preacher's daughter. Mm-hmm. And yo, man, she's so hot. Everybody wants her. But that dude was super nice. He was like the best guy, man. He totally didn't deserve that. She turns around when they walk in because obviously the preacher stops the sermon for a second because two bad boys walked into a church. Those guys. They look shady. (laughs) Pray for them. Uh, I went, yo, she wants Sam because she turned around and she gave a look. I was like, ooh, Sam. Well, she didn't want that old man Dean. He's so old. Sam's fresh out of college. Exactly. He could technically still be in college had Mm -hmm. he chose to stay. Yes. Um, but I was like, yo, she definitely wants Sam. <laughs> uh, and then we get the question of, because this entire time I'm thinking it's an urban legend, because that's what I've always read about, but it's actually a spirit, mm-hmm. which I thought was a neat twist. Um, and it's actually the spirit of preacher Jacob Carnes, who was arrested for murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you want to <laughs> say something? <laughs> um, I don't want to take things from no, you. No, go ahead. Um, sorry, I sniffled. Um, 
So he kills 13 prostitutes along Nine Mile Road, which is where these are all, which I don't, I didn't really see the road um, because everything seems to be just kind of all over the place. Yeah. So like Nine Mile Road doesn't kind of like loses its right uh, importance as the episode goes on. I thought maybe it had to deal more with the bridge yeah. than anything else. He kind of like lost his shit because of the immorality of the red light district. And uh, he had apparently lost his hand and had it replaced with a silver hook. Yes. Silver. Mm-hmm. So they find all that information, obviously sends Dean to go burn the body. In the unmarked grave. In the unmarked grave. He just happens to find. And in no time, apparently just digs six, six feet under and... He's like Superman. Apparently. You know, he's Batman. He's Batman. <laughs> True. Um, I did laugh because I'm also a big fan of Animal House. And my brother and I had an Animal House moment in the, I'm a bit, get it. Mm-hmm. Um, when Dean was like, you think we're going to see a sorority pillow fight? Yeah. No, Dean. Yeah. We're not. Um, I just immediately thought to Animal House when he climbs a ladder and he's kind of hopping along. Mm-hmm. I could totally see Dean doing that and <laughs> no problem at all. And even falling backwards. Like yeah. That's a thing that I just see happening. And this actually tied in another kind of urban legend scary story when uh, they find out that the other sorority sister has now been killed because they turn the light on. And it says, aren't you glad you didn't turn out the li- turn on the light? That's one of the ones. Boom. I didn't focus on that urban legend, but I remember reading the story. Yeah, that one was always creepy, too. That one was so creepy because, like, I don't know. You're like, I'm not going to bother her turning on the light. I've heard a couple of different anything where you're in the dark and like I've heard the story about something crawling in bed. Ooh. And it turns out to be like some kind of monster. Yeah, that's gross. Um and like you pet it and stuff. Yeah, and like it kills something else. Um and then obviously something under your bed or you hear shuffling and you don't want to turn on the light, so you just keep hiding. Right, or you hear it was it in the movie Urban Legend where like the girl thought the other girl was like getting down? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile she was getting she killed was getting and that killed. was the don't turn on the light. Yeah. Um, um, but they keep finding the same symbol after both deaths. The cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And later we find out when uh, Sam is chilling with the girl. Hey. Um, What's her name? Lori. Lori. I was going to say Becky again. <laughs> no, Becky was the other episode. Hey, Lori. Hey, Lori. That's such a preacher's daughter's name, though. Mm-hmm. We find out a little bit more about how Sam feels after losing Jess. He's a little bit more open and honest because I think he finds somebody that he can compare to and confide in mm-hmm. um, when he says that he hasn't really moved on because she does go to try and kiss him because, yo, she wants Sam. Well, duh. Um, which got to hurt Dean somewhere below the belt. Dean uh, got the ladies in the first five episodes, though. I mean, give Sam something. But Sam stops her and he hasn't moved on. That's when she's like, oh, was it someone you lost too? And that's when he says he also feels cursed. Um, he feels like death kind of just follows him around too, mm-hmm. just like she says it. Um, and he blames himself. Then I, this is just like the most movie related episode I think I watched because at one point I'm like, hook, hook, where's the hook? Because they, he's like, oh, so you burned the body. Yeah, man, I burned everything. But obviously he's attacking the preacher. So um, I don't know what's going on. He goes, oh, did you get the hook? And Dean's like, the hook? Do you know what happened to the hook? It was melted down. Yeah, it was sent, the hook was sent after the preacher was killed or whatever to St. Barnabas and it was reforged. So they had to burn all the silver in the church. Mm-hmm. 
And that was right as soon as Lori decided to blame herself and said that she needed to be punished. Right. Because now her father has been attacked. Um, I did notice one little funny thing. Uh, when Sam entered the church, the bulletin board says reaping with joy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess he is reaping with joy. Yeah. But uh, I really, I liked this episode a lot. Although I did feel like, because you really don't see Jacob Carnes or you really don't see like the hook man. I felt like he kind of looked like the scarecrow. I thought the exact same thing. It's funny you say that. Because it was like the head down. With the like, jacket. And the and hair kind of mm-hmm. covering, the dirty wet hair covering the face. I, I thought the exact same thing. It reminded me a lot of the scarecrow. So but were we going to, how it ended? How did it end? It, well, it, fi- it ended up that. Lori's necklace was silver and was made out of it was a, a church heirloom so it was made out of a piece of the hook so they had to burn her necklace now what do you think would have happened had Jacob Carnes actually killed her like do you think you actually would have killed her I mean everything was surrounding her and she was wearing the hook yeah I don't know because I feel like he was kind of attached to her mm-hmm. like kind of doing the things that she not that she thought but like hurting the people that you know, hurt her. He was definitely or, protecting her. Yeah, that, protecting, yes. That would have made more sense to say that. <laughs> obviously, that boy was not listening to her when right. she said no. And obviously, her father hurt her. Correct. Um, when he had the affair with the married woman from Who church. Who goes to their church. Yeah. I guess confession's a really interesting place there. <laughs> Sorry. Um. You know what the hook always reminds me of? Hmm. I know what you did last summer. Oh, Every I time I see you. a person with a hook, like, and I thought it was cool that at the end when, because the guy was invisible most of the time, yeah. the Jacob I mean, Carnes guy. We we just kind of saw him, I think, to give a form right. to let us know that someone was there. Right, but when they were, at the end, when they were trying to figure out what else they needed to burn, you just see, because you, you can't see the hook, you just see the plaster like mm-hmm. scraping on the wall as he's like walking down to get them. I thought that was creepy. Which again, reminded me so much of Hook. I mean, it's in the name, but like when he goes and he steals <laughs> the children from Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, And they have that entire drag along the wall and then through the paintings. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Um, So you have some urban legends on the Hook Man? I do. I have one. Yes. Tell me about some and then I'll tell you about some. Okay, so I, th- this you is show me your, you show me yours. I'll show you mine. Well, well Liz, hey. consent, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is just the typical one that everybody's heard, um, where the kids go to to quote unquote park, you know, on, off of some on the side desolate of road. road. Yeah, because I mean, why not? I guess. I guess this isn't happening in any big cities. No, this is definitely a rural. Oh, you just park behind that 7-Eleven right there. That's it's a good fine. old little alley. Yeah, no one will see you. Yeah, except for that security camera. Well, I mean, I guess people you, at the drive-in used to. Oh, they necked. Whatever. For sure. So these people would be parking. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, parking. Getting down. Getting jiggy with down, it. Chicka, so then they'd be playing the radio, and all of a sudden the music cuts out. And then an announcer comes on with an all-points bulletin saying that a convicted murderer had just escaped an insane asylum, which was, you know, conveniently a half a mile away from where they were. Always. I mean, there I were mean, a lot of insane asylums uh, back in the day. Yeah, more than you would realize. Mm-hmm. And you could go for almost anything. They put killers there. They put wives there. They put mm-hmm. children there. It's crazy what they got away with. Not crazy. <laughs> Did it on purpose. 
Oh. Uh, so it was um, half a mile away from where they were, and they urged anyone who... This made me laugh when I read this one. Who noticed a man with a hook hand to immediately call the police. Okay. You better find oh, that nearest uh, payphone. A bloody hook hand. Oh, okay. Well, I saw, I saw a hook hand, but it wasn't bloody, so no. I just kind of let him go. Yeah. Not that guy wearing the white, all white, uh, insane asylum But even uniform. up until a couple years ago, like, how are you going to call the police? Quick, just drive. He's hanging onto the side of this car. Yeah. We need to get to the nearest payphone. Yeah, so the girl gets scared and she wants to go home. And of course the boy's like, no, let's stay. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll lock all you. the doors. It's cool. And she's like, no, I fucking want to go home. <laughs> so he like angrily drives off as I feel like an angsty young teenage boy would. Like get I didn't get it. I didn't get laid. So I'm just gonna be pissed. Uh, but then when they get home and, and she gets out of the car, she sees the bloody hook dangling from the car door. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, where's the rest of the guy? Well, how's he going to kill anybody now? Shit, he lost nice. his hook. He needs to go get a new one. Plus, that boy better not take it off, because then somebody's going to see some dude with a bloody hook hand. They're going to call <laughs> exactly. the police. <laughs> I was told to call it in. It's a typical case of mistaken identity. <laughs> um. So the ones that I got, uh, did you have any more on that one? I just put that, it, it, that people have been retelling that urban legend since the 50s, and it's kind of to deter kids from you know going out and having Being sex sexually and, promiscuous? Yes. Yes. Um, so I have that uh, usually the urban legends also around a killer who lost his right arm and replaced it with a hook who escapes from an asylum. Your story checks out. Boom. Uh, reports on a radio, but girl ignores it, and couples pull onto lover's lane. Your story checks out. Uh, car shakes a bit. Oh. Uh, and girl gets scared. Boy Hold says me. it's nothing. Hold me. And so they end up driving away. And pulling into the driveway, and she gets out and screams, and the boy gets out and catches her. Oh, oh, how chivalrous. And there, on the side of the car, hung in the passenger side, is a bloody hook. Question. Yes. Why did she get out of the car on her own? Why didn't he come and open the door for her? Oh, he was mad. I mean, he was so quick to catch her as she was falling. Uh, blue balls will do that. <laughs> Slow me down a little difficult bit. difficult to move, okay? <laughs> um, I wouldn't know. So I heard, I found two other stories um, that are very similar, such as uh, the boyfriend's death. Yes, that is one of the ones that was in in this episode. And uh, thump thump drag. Oh, what? So this one deviates a little bit, but it's kind of along the same lines of the hookman and uh, the don't turn the lights on. Okay. So it's the story of a 16-year-old girl named Mary who is babysitting two kids. She puts the kids to bed and goes to watch some sitcoms that she's seen numerous times. Okay. So as she's flipping through the channels, she flashes into a news feel, newsreel that says, Warning, an escaped patient from a mental facility has escaped. And she keeps scanning through and ends up finding another sitcom and just sits there and watches it. <laughs> Hold <Because> on. <laughs> I'm sorry. If that came on the news, I think I'd be a little more concerned and not just like... Eh, whatever. I'm going to turn on the next thing. <laughs> you know what? Seinfeld looks good. <laughs> um, so the children are then woken up by a thump, thump, drag. Thump, thump, drag. Ooh. And uh, they get so scared that they end up hiding under their covers, refusing to turn on the light or look outside. The parents come home and find Mary's dead body in the middle of the hallway. Her arms are cut off at the elbows by something of a knife or a hook. And she has dragged herself to protect the children. 
Oh. So the, thou- <sighs> the sound was her thump, thump, dragging her body. Oh, army crawling with half arms. Mm, because her entire lower body was so destroyed that she couldn't walk or move. Oh, my God. And she ended up dying from blood loss. Oh, I've never heard that one. Um, and then there's the other one that I actually grew up uh, reading about in one of my, like, scary story books, which was, like, The Hangman. But yeah. The Hangman was also, like, a hook man mm-hmm. in that they pull off to the side of the road and she hears a sound. Mm-hmm. because there's a And they heard on the radio that there was an escaped mental patient. Always. Killer on the loose. Let's look at the security of these places first, <laughs> that all these mental patients keep right. getting, getting out. Um. Look, I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> I know how this goes. Um, but in that story, uh, the boyfriend obviously gets out and tells her to lock the doors. And he's going to go check it out. Yeah. And then he doesn't come back. Nope. And then she hears a tapping mm-hmm. on the roof of the car and a slide. And then a tapping. And so she gets so scared that there's apparently a blanket in the back seat, And she hides under the blanket. And she doesn't come out. For anybody, which is what he said, mm-hmm. until she sees sirens and sees police lights. And she's let out by the police and told not to look behind her. But she does, because mm-hmm. you look when you're not supposed to. Yeah. Uh, don't push the red button. And <laughs> but she I sees want to. <laughs> exactly. And she sees her boyfriend hanging from the tree. And the yes. sound's coming from his shoe mm-hmm. on the roof of the car. I've heard another variation of that, too, where he doesn't come back. She hears the noise, but then... Somebody tries to get in the car, mm. and she guns it, and it ends up the car is tied to the tree, and that and hangs she, him. Oh, ooh, oh yeah. God. That, mm. um, so originally, this stemmed from Lover's Lane murders mm-hmm. that actually happened, and there's actually, I researched this, and there's like a list of 10 Lover's Lane murders that this could be based on. Wow. Um, but it serves as a cautionary tale about teenage sexuality. And generally, it all comes back to it's up to the girl to put on the brakes, and it's up to the boy to listen and, and respect it. Um, now, one of the earliest appearances of The Hook was actually in a Dear Abby column. Oh, really? Uh, that was published November 8th, 1960. Wow. In which uh, a, somebody writes to Dear Abby asking about The Hook Man and talking about like hoping he doesn't come see her and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little bit of backstory on actually the Lover's Lane murders – um, the one of the most well-known Lovers Lane murders, which is actually going to be featured on Oxygen, took place in, from 1986 to 1990 along a stretch of road in Virginia, in which wallets and glove boxes and all of the cars were found open as if the victims were reaching for their driver's licenses and registration. Oh shit! And the killer has never been found. So they're hoping with this Oxygen special to possibly, with some more evidence and those kinds of things, kind of try and find the killer. But as of right now. The killer has never been found. That's so scary. Um, now, there are more, such as like Texarkana in 1946. That's the one I was thinking of when you started to talk about um, it. Where a phantom killer killed five people over ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the killer was never really found. Um, then there's the Peyton Allen murders, uh, November 27th, 1960. And I think that's where the Dear Abby kind of stemmed. Yeah. Although the timeline doesn't match up because it was uh, November 8th. Um, but that took place in Portland, Oregon, where a man, they believe the man named Edward W. Edwards escaped from county jail and think Edward Why w. would Edwards. you name him that? I don't know. Hey, Eddie Edwards. Um, but they believe he, he was an escaped convict from the county jail. They believe he killed Peyton and Allen. And then there's also the Zodiac. Mm. 
Because the Zodiac in Northern California from 1968 to 1969 actually did two double homicides with couples that were parked in Lover's Lane. So some people believe that it might have stemmed from that as well. And there's actually a list, because I got most of this information from urbanlegendshorror.com, americanfolklore.net, and urbanlegends-myths.com um, that had the list of like the 10 Lover's Lane murders. Cool. Yeah. I mean, not cool that, you know. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not cool. Good information. Thank you. I try. Um, but that's all I got on that one. Okay, so we're going to go episode eight, my least favorite thing in the whole entire world, <laughs> bugs. See, I don't have a problem with bugs. Not so some bugs. Gross. Not all bugs. I can deal with, like, gnats. Praying mantis. Uh, don't want to touch it. Cruise me out. Oh, see, I've had one crawl on me. Mm-mm, They're nope. nice. I would freak out. I'd probably freak out more because I'm not allowed to hurt it. Yeah, that's true. But uh, no, not a fan of the bug. I uh, See, as long as uh, they don't bother me. See, I just don't like bees. Okay. Not a huge fan of, like, bumblebees I can deal with. But, like, swarms of bees. I had a bad incident where, like, I was mowing the lawn once and I went over a sand wasp's nest. Ooh, and good. literally within, like, seconds they were on me and swarming. And, like, I had to run to the back door and, like. Well, yeah, but bees can only, what, well, one bee. There are certain ones yellow jackets can keep stinging. Well, I don't consider that a bee. I consider that, like, a yellow jacket. It's a type of a- bee. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but when I think bee, I think like a, what are they called? A regular bee, not a honeybee. You think like a bumblebee. Bumblebee, thank you. I call them bumbles. Yeah, they can only hit you one time. Yeah, and they're not gonna unless they actually feel threatened, and yeah. they would rather go and pollinate and get drunk off pollen. Have Don't. you ever seen a bumblebee <laughs> <laughs> so drunk on pollen it yeah. can hardly fly? I love them. Okay, so the bug episode uh, is deadly swarms of bees, locusts, spiders, and Beetles overcome a town when a new housing development is built on a sacred Indian land. Now, we all know in any kind of culture, I mean, we've we've been, it doesn't matter if you've studied it or not, but we've definitely heard about uh, Native American curses mm-hmm. and how even if you, if you study any ghosts or paranormal stuff, like you definitely don't mess with Native American lands, burial grounds, that kind of stuff, because their curses are nothing to mess with. Nope. And uh, we kind of see that in this episode straight from the get go. We do. Yes. Like right out the gate, we're taken to the building of this plan. Mm-hmm. And we Oklahoma. We are in Oasis Plains, Oklahoma. Nice. We see two construction workers. And one falls through the ground and literally within seconds is overtaken by bugs. Gone. Like in his eyes, in his Ugh. ears. His, ear, his ears gross. Um, destroy his brain within like a matter of minutes. And by the time that the, the kid even has a chance to try and help his friend out, he's gone. Do you, do you know what that bug was? Mm-mm. I oh. tried not to look. When investigating. I can't even read my own writing. <laughs> I'm assuming that says, oh, hole. <laughs> Ooh. Wouldn't I got that. Okay, when investigating the hole the gas company worker falls in, what bug sample does Sam get? Mm. Is it a beetle? It is a beetle. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. See, and I don't mind beetles because, I don't know, I really like ancient Egyptian culture, and they're very big into, like, the scarabs, and a scarab to me is just a giant beetle. Mm-hmm. So they don't really bother me nearly as much, and obviously beetle juice is a big thing that I like and I know that it was a beetle but my first thought was I was always taught from the point I was young uh, we had earwigs in my house oh god we did too 
And uh, I wasn't exactly directly told what earwigs do, but the name gave me the idea that when you're sleeping, they crawl into your ear and they pinch. Same. With their little little pinchers. And that was my first thought was like, holy gross, earwigs. They burrow into your brain and then they eat it and then you die. Uh, So that was like, honestly, my first thought when I saw this whole thing happen. Yeah. And like I said, even though I know it's beetles, my first thought was just, I was comparing it to earwigs and I was having a panic attack. It was so gross. Yes. And then we're taken to Sam and Dean. Hey, boys. Uh, Where Dean is making some easy money. (laughs) Hustle in that pool. I'm sure he can make easier money. I mean, I think Dean holds himself too high for prostitution. Damn it. (laughs) I mean, but then again, (laughs) he does do almost anything for free food. So I don't know. Maybe if you make him breakfast. Oh, definitely. Um. But we always hear about Dean hustling pool, but we rarely ever see it. Right. And uh, I'm surprised Dean doesn't get into more fist fights over hustling pool. Yeah, you would think that would happen. Because I would I would look at him and be like, that's a dude that knows how to play pool. I would look at Sam and be like, that bookworm doesn't know what he's doing. All right, let's go. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they would have more profitability if they were to use Sam than Dean. But I mean, it makes sense. Dean frequents bars. He knows kind of how to run it. Um, I'm just surprised he doesn't get into more fights about it. But yeah, he makes some easy money, and then he says, all work and no play. He doesn't have time to waste his money. I guess he just needs Sam to just give Sorry. it to a bunch of... Sorry, I'm dancing with I that, too. the wiggle. <laughs> money. Money. Um, I guess he just needs Sam to like, give it to a bunch of corners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to waste all his money. I did find the entire thing, and I guess, I guess it's a little early on in this series, but I think I'd be more scared of the bugs... If the CGI was a little better. Funny story about that. Oh. In my tidbits. Yes. I would like to hear about your tidbits. If anybody <laughs> has a better name for that. At least you didn't call them your tiddly bits. Oh, well, that's what it is now. <laughs> In my tiddly bits. Oh, I like it. Tell me. Uh, they actually originally filmed the scene with real bees. Oh, God, no. Actual why? bees. I mean, I get it for the realistic look, but like, why? Yeah, but hey, guess what? After you can't they f- train bees. After they filmed the scene with the bees, yeah. bees didn't show up on the film. It was hard. to t- You couldn't even oh, tell that the yep. bees were there. Mm-hmm. So they had to CGI the bees. I mean, that makes sense. But but the director, Kim Manor, first of all, <laughs> he asked um, Eric Kripke not to direct this episode. And he did. Um, but he said that if, because I guess everybody, they were in a box, uh-huh. obviously, the set. And everybody on the crew was wearing bee suits. Yeah, you have to. Well, uh, Kim Manor said, well, if Jensen and Jared aren't wearing bee suits, then I'm going to go in and direct without, without a wearing suit. a bee suit. I mean, so rightly so. Ballsy. He actually went in in, like, shorts and a t-shirt. Why? Okay, I would at least wear, like, some long like sleeves pants, and stuff. Pants and, yeah, like, I'm wearing some, like, thick jeans. I'm wearing some leggings under there. I'm wearing no. under... Yeah, shorts and a t-shirt, and apparently the what they ended up calling it the B episode was something that they would talk about when they would go on interviews and cons. And I and heard that this wasn't, this was like their least favorite episode. Well, I would think it would be. Because um, the stuff I was reading was that almost everyone's like, hands down, this is not my favorite episode yeah. at all. I, I don't like it. And I don't like it either. Because bugs. When, when they're at the open house and Sam picks up the tarantula, See, and I don't have a problem. Fuck no, with, no. See, I don't have a problem with the tarantula. No, it's, it's spiders again. I don't don't spider. bother me. 
Um, well, I know you're going to come over and kill my spiders then. I mean, I'll do it. I had a, I had a boyfriend once who didn't like creepy crawlies and, uh, we were chilling down in his basement, which was like a little home theater, had a little bar in the corner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can say this cause he's not going to watch, he's not going to listen to this. <laughs> and he didn't like bugs and he saw a creepy crawly, one of the thousand leggers oh. crawl across the ceiling. And I have never seen a grown man jump faster and then onto a bar stool away <laughs> from me, leaving me, um, you're on your own i'm sorry yeah um but i like the fact that once they roll in uh they kind of say that they're working or no it's uncle uncle they're going to see their uncle Mm -hmm. and find out more information about the uncle and then they obviously pose as people who are interested in buying uncle dusty good old uncle dusty because then they're invited to the cookout the the barbecue at the open house yeah Mm -hmm. and i I thought it was funny that to each realtor that they talked to they wanted them to know that it was an an inclusive housing development which again like i get but do they not i mean my brother and i don't look very similar but there are some similarities yeah i just thought it was funny because the, for the first man they talked to larry they're like no we're brothers you know blah, blah, blah. Mm, eventually they stop but then trying. when they talked to the chick and she was like you know we accept all you know sexual orientations and Dean's like, uh, I'm going to go talk to Larry. He's like, okay, honey. And then he smacks Sam on the ass <laughs> as he walks away. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I love it. And I like the fact that Dean was real quick to jump on the uh, the barbecue. Yeah. He's like, oh, and Sam goes, you'll do anything for free food. I mean, I think I put in here, uh, Sam will do anything, or Dean will do anything for free food. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I liked when uh, the girl was talking to him about the steam shower. And then you see Dean, like, Sam goes to get Dean out of the mm-hmm. bathroom. He's like, has the towel on his head, like a turban. He's like, man, the steam shower. It's something else. <laughs> we got to get me one of those. I don't know. I liked, I liked kind of the interaction between Sam and Dean in this episode a lot mm-hmm. because they were playful again. We get to see the brotherness, but then we get to see Dean kind of being the older brother. And I noticed something when they're talking about serious stuff that I think was something I missed the first time around. What did you notice? Um, Cause obviously as you keep going, we kind of find the mannerisms of like, what they're being honest about, what they might be lying about, how they kind of talk with their hands or like if they look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of noticed that I think Dean may have been lying to Sam when he said that dad would check in on Sam at Samford. Oh, because Dean kind of like shrugged and like looked off to the side. Oh, So what I think, because I feel like John had such a strong reaction to Sam getting a full ride to Sanford when he kicked him out and said he didn't want to see him anymore. None mm-hmm. of that stuff. Uh, that I it seems so out of character for John to, to be go going check and check on, on Sam. I think Dean checked on Sam. Dean knew exactly where to find him when Dad went missing. And he seemed to kind of keep tabs on him and know what he was doing. So I think in that, it was a way of us seeing that Dean actually really is that father figure, that bigger brother for him. Right. And that he actually really cared so much about Sam that he was the one that went to check on him. But he couldn't make it. He couldn't say that because... Right. He's too cool. He would never let Sam know. You know, he kind of likes him. I guess he's making sure he doesn't die. Yeah, they're really in this just to find Dad. Right. And then Sam can do whatever hell he wants afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the beginning of where we find that fatherly overlook that Dean has for Sam, and he just doesn't want to admit it. But it looks it looks like he's lying when he's talking yeah. about it. I didn't notice that. I did notice though how the lady died in the shower. Mm. Fucking spiders. Oh, just so gross. They're just coming out of the shower head. And the okay, eye. that is really gross. I would totally die like this lady. 
The fucking spiders are coming out of the shower head. You freak out. You go through your glass door mm. of your shower, and then you crawl into the hallway and die like a naked hot mess. Because you bled out. That's, that's how I would go. Mm-hmm. But think about it this way. You die like that. Those spiders are going to be crawling all over you. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, Are there, like, carnivorous spiders? Like, could they eat me? I mean, they're definitely going to go in and burrow. And they might lay some eggs. Man. Now you are a home for babies. (sighs) Baby spiders are going to hatch out of your orifices. Oh. It's like that scary story where the girl had the one in her face. Oh, yeah. When you think it's a pimple or a wart, and Mm -hmm. it turns out you bust it open, and tiny little baby spiders (sighs) crawl all everywhere. That's kind of what this actually reminded me of. Um, Okay. Uh, but I digress. Exactly. Um, Let's move then we on. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out what's causing these bug swarms on just this one particular area, and we find out that it is a Native American curse. Yes. And so Sam and Dean then go to work to find out how to break that curse. Correct. Although they do, we get to see like a really cool little flamethrower thing Sam ge- or Dean gets to do with the bugs. Yeah. That's but what I would do. I would just go in with some aerosol can, just whoosh, kill them all. I mean, especially when the bees are ripping holes in the roof. I mean, what else are we going to do? You know, I had a problem with that. The the bees ripping a hole in the roof? That, yeah. But then I feel like, okay, first of all, we they never actually find out how to stop the curse. No, and I think that's one of the things that we kind of see, um, which does tie back to reality in that, like, it's very difficult to break a Native American right. curse. Um, you just got to respect the land. You got to cleanse the land and you got to leave it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a horrible thing happened on this land that we didn't talk about. The curse was because um, there was a Calvary massacre of the whole of people of this entire village. Yes. So when the when the chief lay dying after, I think it was like six days mm-hmm. was of the Calvary coming back. to die on the battlefield. The, the chief cursed the land and he said, uh, oh, I wrote it down. I said that if white man tried to live on the land again, nature would rise up and take back the land. So I have a feeling that you're never going to, it's never going to be broken. You're never going to find a way. No. Um, but the pr- the problem I had was, I don't know what time they went to these people's house. I felt like it was early evening. I felt like daylight came so quickly when they were trying to, to fight the bees off. Yeah. It was like, Holy crap. Like, I mean, did they get there at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning or, like, it just seemed like daybreak came so early and then all of a sudden the bees were gone. I don't know. This, this, so that, and I meant to look this up, uh, that curse actually reminded me a lot of the curse of Tip Canoe. Uh, the also, canoe in Tyler, too? Kind of. Um, it's actually known also as the Tecumseh curse or the presidential curse. Oh. <gasps> um, which is used to describe the death of the president of the United States in which, uh, who takes office while elected or reelected in a year ending in zero. Oh, no um, way. Mm-hmm, because the, uh, so the curse became from uh, a Native American battleground, which was uh, from the 1911 Battle of Tippecanoe, um, which also happened to feature the then General Harrison, who became President William Henry Harrison, who also became known as Old Tippecanoe. But the battle had then made the Native Americans so angry that they cursed his name. Oh, shit. And in cursing his name, it then became a curse on the presidents who would be either elected or reelected in the year ending a zero, meaning that they would die. Um, and actually, President William Henry Harrison uh, died in office from pneumonia one month after becoming president because he was elected in 1840. Um, and the last president included, quote, in this curse, 
uh, was John F. Kennedy, oh. who was elected in 1960 and 60. assassinated in 1963. Um, two years later, uh, two other presidents um, elected in zero years were Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush, 1980 and 2000, uh, survived assassination attempts. I knew Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that interesting, and that's kind of what this reminded me of. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it seems like battles are the ones that carry the strongest. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of death and emotions and bloodshed um, to have the strongest kinds of curses. But that kind of reminded me of that. There's no specific, like, Native American insect legends. Okay. Although insects are highly ingrained in Native American culture, and it's more specific on the actual bugs themselves. However, um, swarming insects, biting insects, and crop-killing insects are generally have a negative perception within the Native American culture and are usually associated with disease, evil witchcraft, and bad luck. Okay. So that kind of makes sense that these swarming insects um, bring about bad luck for this whole construction site. Right. Um, As well as, I guess, like disease because it kills them. Yeah. However, I did find out that spiders actually have a great spiritual importance, um, particularly to the Osage tribe and uh, generally tribes of the American Southwest. They have a high positive thought on spiders. Well, good for them. I know spiders do good things. I just they kill all the bad bugs. Fucking want it crawling on me. I try to talk to them, and I say, "Hey, spider, you stay in your place. I'll stay in mine. You want to come into my bedroom? You're gonna die. (laughs) It's just it's how it is. I'm sorry. You can stay in the basement. You're outside. I don't bother you. I don't come into your house. And and try to to try to attack you." I had one come at me one day. Oh, man. Spider squared off against you. It was one of those ones. Remember I told you the one in the shower? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I tried to wash it down the drain. You're like, they can swim. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You had a spider come out at you in the shower. Twice. Yeah. Were you in this episode? Maybe. (laughs) It didn't come at me like that. There wasn't like 65 tarantulas (laughs) coming out of the thing. Okay. Good. Then it swam at me. (laughs) No. You're die. I had to get out of here. Just don't come into my space. I'm fine. You, don't come near me. I seriously talked to one one day that was on my ceiling. Do and you I was guys like, have conversations with bugs? I, I mean, I feel like it's normal. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Spider, if you do not come past a certain line, we're cool. You can sleep there. That's fine. Don't come above my bed. Did he come near your bed? He came above my bed. Rude. And I said, sir, we talked about this. Because the way my, my wall is, it kind of curves, curves down and like to my bed. I'm like, please just, just don't come past the light. We're fine. And he did. And he ha- he died. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this episode. And I just... Mm. No, I wasn't either. And there really was no, like, closure for this episode. No, yeah. Like either. I said, like, they never... They, they never basically f- just said not to... Broke the curse. I mean, you can't break the curse. So it's like, okay, well, we're just going to move on. But the guy's like, well, you know, I'm taking the financial hit, but I'll make sure that no one ever tries to build on this property again, this land. Blah. The next episode hit, no pun intended, slightly intended, home real hard. Yeah. Do we have time for that? I don't know. I think they should leave that as a cliffhanger. Oh, next time. Next time we're going home. I like that. I like that. Let's leave it for next time. I think so, too. I agree. So tune in next time. And uh, we'll talk about episode nine. And maybe a few more things. Yeah, we'll think about it. And then we have the holidays. So we're not actually going to focus on any specific episodes. We're going to jump right ahead to Christmas episodes. 
Um, because we want to jump into the holiday spirit. And uh, if you have any thoughts or anything that you specifically thought about the holiday episodes, please message us so we can read some stuff. And uh, if you have anything else you might want to let us know, please do. Use that email. Use that Twitter. Get at us. Tell us what you're liking, what you're not liking. And like I said, um, any kind of, do you have any things you do for the holidays? Any traditions? Any traditions that you might share with your siblings or your family? Uh, that kind of stuff. Or any holiday haunting stories. Ooh. I would like to hear some ghost stories. I like that. Uh, tell us those too. Bring it on. We're going to do a whole episode on the holiday. I like it. Don't forget your fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this is up for us. Bye. Bye. Bye.